You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. In case you're not familiar with Exodus, all of their cameras are backed by a five-year no BS warranty and even includes five-year theft and damage coverage. They simply have the best trail camera warranty in the industry and have the customer service to back it up, right? The best part about that is their cameras flat-out work, period. Now, April 2nd and April 3rd, they are running a 20% off special off the trek and the lift to cameras that's 20 percent. all you have to do is enter the discount code april and you're going to receive 20 percent off your purchase so go to exodusoutdoorgear.com take a look at their cameras and take advantage of the special offer welcome to the for love and land podcast we're your hosts adam keith and matt dine each week we're interviewing guests from across America. They all have one thing in common. They all are tied to the land. So if you're like us and you love all things land, welcome home. All right, so today we are interviewing Todd Watts. He is a client of Land and Legacy. Um, we're actually sitting in his lodge house in southeast Ohio watching a fire burn and kicking back talking about property. Todd, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. How awesome. about you, Matt? Man, it doesn't get much better than this. This is, uh, after a long day of habitat work, this is about as good as it gets. Especially the last hour of rain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly. warming up. Yes. Yeah. No, it's it's been uh, it's been a very, very good day, um, especially from the habitat side of things. Um, but, Todd, why don't you tell us, a little bit about yourself. Give a little backstory about you as as a a land lover. Kind of how you got started here in Southeast Ohio with this property. Absolutely, love to, Matt. Thank you. Um, basically, I I have always been an outdoorsman from mm-hmm. the start, and my dad took me squirrel hunting as a young kid, and that's how I got the the love for hunting and so forth. And he would take me fishing. So I had a piece of property uh, in roughly 1999-2000 in Ripley, West Virginia, and absolutely loved it. Absolutely mm-hmm. loved it. I, I was working on the habitat, got into deer hunting, and I didn't deer hunt much as a kid because there, were, there weren't any deer. If you right. think about it, when I was, I grew up in the 60s and early 70s and, and early 80s, the first deer I ever saw was 18 years old, right. and I was in the woods all the time. Mm-hmm. We just didn't have any deer. And so it was all squirrel hunting and so forth. So when I got my farm in late 90s, early 2000s, there was a lot of deer, and I just really got into deer hunting. Sure. And I just loved it. 
And I also at that time got into bass fishing because there was a creek in front of my house that was a spawning area for a, a lake that was downstream, and I started bass fishing just by happenstance and, and fell in love with it. So I sold that farm in, in you know, 2001 or two, and, and uh, got remarried in 2005, I believe it was. I better know when that was, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I always told my wife that once our kids got grown, I was going to buy another farm. Mm-hmm. And she would laugh and, oh, yeah, right, right, right. But she didn't know I was serious. I was going to buy another farm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, along came my son went to college three years ago, and guess what I did? Bought a farm. I bought a farm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're true to your word. Yeah. And what's interesting, Matt, is I initially did not buy this farm for deer hunting because, quite frankly, Back when I was in my 20s and 30s, I think I was in that, that kill mode. I just wanted to go kill something. Right, right. But something happened over the last 15, 16 years of my life. I just lost interest in, quote, unquote, killing something. Mm-hmm. And, and the desire just left. Yeah. And, but I had a great desire. I had always wanted to build a bass pond, a really wonderful trophy bass pond from scratch. And so I really bought this farm. To build a bass pond. That's funny. Yeah, you don't I did. you don't hear that often from yeah. people who are like, I, I love land. I, I just, you know, I I want to be the guy who creates something from nothing. And and there's no pond here, but I want right. to create one. I want to make it. Yes. And not only did I want to make a pond, but I wanted to make the best bass fishing pond anywhere close by. Right. And a little bit of background there is when I sold my farm back in 2002, I had listened to it. A, a video series by Ray Scott, mm-hmm. the founder of Bass, yep. Bassmaster, and founder of Whitetail Institute and so mm-hmm. forth. And it was a series called Great Small Waters. And he, he talked about how he built a lake. Mm-hmm. Everything from how he, why he put a rock pile here and a car in this pond here and sure. spawning beds and this and that. And that really, that, that lit a fire in me mm-hmm. about that. And so I... I probably listened to that video series and watched it on the television probably a hundred times over a 17 year period. I read every bass magazine you could think of, not about fishing, but about habitat. Bass structure. Bass structure. Exactly. Life cycle. Everything. I became a sponge and I got to know a guy named Bob Lust down in Texas, who Mm -hmm. was probably the premier pond manager in the country. Right. Named the pond boss. Anyway, Long story short is I bought this farm to build a pond. I, mm-hmm. I probably looked at topos of 50 farms and wow. visited quite a few. And I this was finally one where I could actually build a pond. Yep. And I wouldn't be breaking any of the regulations on, you know, damming yep. up streams and so forth. Sure. So anyway, that's what started this. So that's how I got the farm. And the interesting part of this was is that I got back into deer hunting. As a result As of a result. building a pond. Yes. On a, on a property that had the right topo features for the pond, it, it opened the door for yes. deer hunting. And now I'm full force. Now, now I'm full right. force. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. It's funny the way that um, land ties you in mm-hmm. and opens doors that you didn't previously. You had, They were open, but it was a very small sliver at this time in your life when you right. bought it. And, and the intention wasn't there for the property to to get you there, but but now as we as we sit here today, thinking about what we did today, 
we created and and manage and manipulate habitat for white-tailed deer right. to improve not only hunting but security and cover across right. a farm um, in in various areas. And then and in addition, we're we were looking at um, you know, the the forest composition mm-hmm. and releasing white oak tree because there's there's very little regeneration of oaks on the property right now from Correct. previous ownership or, or mismanagement. So it, it's funny how, right, you wanted a bass pond, and, and now and now you're looking at, you know, up into oaks and, and <laughs> saying, right. I need to release this. I need, I, need, I need this to be an acorn producer so I have more regeneration and I have hard mass on the property. So the deer that I, I, I want to hunt, they're not leaving during October, November. Right. That's right. They're staying here. So – and and the and and the passion that I had for building that bass pond is mm-hmm. now, which I still have, by the way. Yeah. But I built it. Right. Right. It's now transformed back into the same passion I had previously for deer hunting, and yep. more importantly, not so much deer hunting. And I did have my absolute funnest deer season I've had in 17 yep. years this year. But the habitat work and right. the same passion for building that pond from scratch is I want to do the same thing with this farm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's from a personal side that yeah. has nothing to do with with our plans for the farm, right? But it's that passion that that I'm now diverting over to the hunting and habitat side. Certainly. Probably eighty percent on the habitat and twenty percent on the right. hunting. Right, and that's that's the cool thing that you know. Of course, we, this is this is the the for love of the land podcast, but we have the hunting podcast, the strategy podcast, and and then we have the habitat podcast. Um, but like you said, we're 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 cut from the same cloth as in a lot of what we do is so habitat oriented that when when you do have the ability to hunt, it's just it's the cherry on top and, and right. the, the cream, the base, the foundation is going out and working hard, sweat equity and, and knowing that it's going to pay off one, but two, mm-hmm. knowing that you're making a difference. Right. That's right. That's right. and, and and it's something like we saw today. We we put trees on the ground and we created habitat and we're getting sunlight to the forest floor. Like we know it's going to do something. We come back Absolutely. next year, Absolutely. in a year, and it'd be transformed and deer would utilize those acres completely different. That's right. And 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 here's the thing: is not only and I know this is not the hunting or right. the habitat podcast, but I have to say this: mm-hmm. is that. What I enjoyed so much about today, and even the first time you came to the property mm-hmm. earlier in the year, was we didn't just create some some bedding areas in my timber to help hold more deer on this property. But you also planned that around exactly where we could put our stands yeah. to kill the deer and how the, the bedding areas would relate to the stand placement and how we even talked about the way we get into the stands. Yeah. How you want me to go to those stands. Right. And that's way beyond just manipulating the habitat for better animals. Certainly. For better wildlife. But it's not only that. It's how do we hunt them effectively. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that, was, to me, was so fascinating. And, and that's probably what I learned more the most, or learned the most was, is not just, okay, here, we create this bedding area, but how it relates to our hunting effort. And right. and in fact, to be honest, we did the opposite. We knew we wanted to hunt deer in a certain spot, so we put the bedding area where we wanted it to hunt it. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it, 
I was really, but this isn't about hunting and habitat. <laughs> I get that, but. Uh, but as as a as a segue, this is a hunting property. Yes. A- and true to its uniqueness in the habitat and the devotion to habitat management that the property has, as you as the the leader of the you taking the helm, grabbing the bull by the horns, and sure. the, the five hundred. 50 acres that mm-hmm. are that are here mm-hmm. um, from a habitat standpoint it has a very unique direction in the future that's right and that's what we what we really want to talk about today um, and the terminology sounds super complicated um, but it's not and it's a very unique type of structure in, in a property um, and, and how, how other people are going to utilize a property, basically. Right. So the term is shared equity ownership. Mm-hmm. Break that down for us. Sure. Um, and and I, I guess I'll kind of set the stage, the foundation of, of what this is, is right now you are the sole owner of 550 That's acres. That's right. In southeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Th- this property is, is for your enjoyment. Yes. Uh, you know, you've got a beautiful lake. We're manipulating the habitat. You've been successful harvesting deer. You've had a couple of guests that have harvested some uh, incredible deer on the property. Mm-hmm. But you want to take it to the to the next step. And yes. that next step is the shared equity ownership. So, so bring us up to sure. speed and kind of share your philosophy and – because this, this didn't happen overnight. No, it did not. This is, right. this is similar to the love of the ponds is you had this idea um, – Years and years 20 ago. Year, over 20 years ago. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So break down for us shared equity, equity sure. ownership. And once we Absolutely. have that foundation, we're going to explain from a consumer or, or you know standpoint of why in a hunting standpoint, recreational property sure. standpoint, shared equity ownership has extreme benefits. Absolutely. It, it's. Let me go back. Twenty when I when I started looking for land over twenty years ago, um, I I didn't have the knowledge that I have today as far as with ponds and and so forth, mm-hmm. and so I was really looking for a place that was sort of a, at the time I was really into golf, yeah, and I enjoyed the the, the process of driving up to and I had to belong to a country club. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that process of driving up getting my clubs, setting them down, someone taking my bags to the to the course, getting on the course, you know, playing golf, and then going back eating, eating lunch, and going home. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that process. And I always thought, what a great process that would be for hunting. Sure. And now, fast forward. Here we are today. Now, when I originally bought this property, I really didn't have it. At the time, I didn't have the intention of turning this into what we're calling shared equity ownership. Yep. There was no intention. It, there right. was not. I just wanted to build a bass pond. That's yeah. all I wanted. And I wanted to build. And by the way, I want to challenge the state record. We truly believe we can beat the state record with this pond. Yeah. And that's a totally other podcast, by the way. But I it, don't want to get into that too much. It because sets it's the a, stage, though, oh, yeah, for, yeah. for the recreational it does. possibilities yes. on the yes. property. So, right. This is, again, yes. I would love to talk about the pond. Right. It, and we that's a totally an, another subject. But that's that's you know evidence of the the yes. quality and the yes. devotion time that's right resources that are in this pond. That's right. It, 
I could talk two hours on why this pond is really the best bass pond, probably yeah. in the Midwest, but but we're not going to do that right. today. So so I spent over three years creating what I saw creating this property, taking what was an old cattle farm, an old fescue farm, mm-hmm. and building a, a world-class pond and really, truly, um, and we were talking about this today, mm-hmm. the the effort we're putting into this, this farm is second to none. Yeah. Not that this farm is, is the best farm in the country or the worst mm-hmm. farm. It's not about that. But I, I challenge that there's very few people out there that are putting any more effort into right. a project than we are. We've, you know, I personally have, have spent over two, 2,500 to 3,000 hours here personally mm-hmm. of, of my own time and, and so forth and so on. But, but having said that, in a short window. In a short window, in a three-year yeah. window. Yeah. Okay. Now, but here's the important part. When we talk about shared equity ownership, rather than define it, let's talk about the challenges out there for people. Sure. Okay. You have, you have, there's many people out there that have money, they have families, they have jobs, they have busy lives and what have you. Have you. And the one thing that they don't have is time. They don't have time. That is a common denominator. Absolutely. Among anybody's life, really. That's right. And truthfully, but that we see from a a typical client's point of view is yes. time is a limiting factor. For time them. is a limiting factor. And knowledge. Yeah. And those are the two things that, that I see from, from what challenges people in buying property. Mm-hmm. Because I've seen several kinds of people, and I've experienced this myself, yep. and, I've, and I've seen it. And what ends up happening is you, you have a person that goes out there and wants to buy a farm. Mm-hmm. And they go out and they spend their, they go out and they spend seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars and buy 500 acres. Or they spend, you know, a hundred thousand and buy, you know, 50 acres or whatever mm-hmm. amount you want to call it. Yep. And they have these great dreams. But then what happens is, is they go out there and, want, and, and and they have their children, they have their mm-hmm. wives, their husbands, their jobs, their their families, all these things they do, and the property never reaches its full potential. Yeah. They they also find that it's extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. It's extremely expensive to, for a property to reach its to goals. reach its potential. Yep. Yeah. O- on a given continual yearly basis. Yes. There's, there's a lot That's of right. maintenance that goes into it. Now, I'm not just trying to discourage people who have their own property or who are <laughs> wanting to buy property that, that you have to go spend your whole life savings. Not necessarily. That's not right. what I'm saying. Okay. Right. You can go out there, and there, there are very inexpensive ways through, you know, old field management, early successional planning, and or early successional habitat, and all those mm-hmm. things that don't really cost a lot of money. Yep. I get that. And I'm not, I'm not discounting that. Certainly. And all they have to do is call you guys to figure that out because <laughs> right. there's inexpensive ways to do yeah. it. But I'm talking about a world-class property. If you're mm-hmm. wanting to have a world-class property with a road system, with a, a world-class bass lake, and you want to have somewhat of a trophy farm, let's call it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying trophy deer. I'm not defining trophy deer. Right. I'm talking about a trophy experience Yep. where you can horseback ride, where you can ride side-by-sides, where you have – kayaking on a lake camping and hiking and all these things and have the aesthetics Mm -hmm. and so forth it takes a lot of time yeah and a lot of money and a lot of knowledge i was about to say sign me up i'm there i want to be there yeah so that's the challenge yeah okay 
So what we have done and what the original plan was over 20 years ago and now that I'm actually doing it is when I started doing this property and I built the lake and now we've worked on the habitat, I myself am having those same challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm spending a whole lot of time managing this property, but I want to keep managing it. Yep. And at the same intensity. At the same intensity. Yep. And I don't want it to become a job. Right. Okay. And I'm not going to lie. It takes money. Mm -hmm. So I find myself starting to figure out, okay, how can I keep this world class? Mm -hmm. How could I not have another job? Because mm -hmm. I have one of those. Yeah. I don't want another one. Right. Right. And it took me back to my original plan 20 years ago, which was how do we create something that that solves all those problems? Mm -hmm. And we think we've done it yep. through shared equity ownership. So now let's define it. What shared equity ownership is, in this particular case, mm -hmm. it could be a larger scale or a smaller scale, yep. but we'll talk about this one. We've got this 562 acres here in Gallopolis, Ohio, that we're managing for a trophy turkey, trophy deer, trophy bass, horseback riding, and all the recreation that goes mm -hmm. around that. And instead of me owning it myself, I'm going to to basically offer four other member ownerships. Yep. Okay. And what does a member owner get? Number one is we all own the farm collectively together. Yep. 20% ownership, full ownership, you own something, number one. Go ahead. I would say, but at the same time, it's access to the whole thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. You don't own just 20% of the farm. You own 20% of the whole farm. Mm -hmm. so, so you have the full access, the full benefit, the full recreational value, the full hunting value, the full fishing value, the full camping, horseback riding, all involved of the whole entire 562 acres. Mm -hmm. And you own 20% of it. Yep. Okay. So what's the benefit of that? Let's talk about the benefits. Number one, you also share in the expenses involved with that managing that property with five other people. Operating the farm. Operating the farm. I'll give split. you an example. I'll give you an example. I spent, and again, not to be, you know, not to talk about the challenges and so yes. forth too much, but last year alone, I don't have the exact figures right now yeah. in front of me. But, but just on food plot seed alone last year was roughly $8,000. Because mm -hmm. I manage my person, the farm here, we have about 40 acres in actual food plot spring and fall. Yep. Okay. And so when you look at the, the seed costs alone, because I have to order in some of that seed, because mm -hmm. we try to get good quality seed, sure. like the Stratton's and some yeah. of the other brands and so forth. So it costs money, uh, almost $8,000. Yeah. Fertilizer alone was four or five thousand dollars and you look at herbicides were a couple thousand dollars mm -hmm. so when you look at the cost per acre just to plant food plots it's 350 dollars roughly an acre yep. and that's about what qd may says it is mm -hmm. as well okay to do it right and get get the desired that's results. right that's right to get the desired results now you can go out there and yeah do it haphazard yeah and you're not going to get those results but as you can verify we have mm -hmm. some really really good food plots fantastic yeah so that's just food plots, okay? You still have to maintain road systems. Mm -hmm. You know, w the equipment alone, Matt, I have, not me, but to run a farm like this, yeah. 
I have over $250,000 in equipment. Okay, mm-hmm. a person would have to go buy that if yeah. they're going to manage a farm like this. T- to manage it to this quality. To this quality. To the standard. Mm-hmm. That All that would fall on one person's shoulders. One person's shoulders. Typically. Typically. But not in shared equity ownership. Not in shared equity ownership. Yeah. In fact, they don't have to even buy the equipment. Mm-hmm. It's already bought. Yep. It's already here. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so... So here's the advantages. Number one is you when you buy when you buy a member equity ownership in this farm. I mean, I'm not going to give numbers right yeah. now. It's not yeah. time for that. But you're basically spending about between a quarter or so what it would cost you to do all this yourself. Yes, it's a fraction of the cost. Right. If if you if you were to come and say, let's say we weren't doing shared equity ownership, mm-hmm. and you were like, I just want to list it. I, w- I want to mm-hmm. move on. Right. One share would be a quarter of what you're saying. Yeah. What I'm uh, saying is, is that that if they went and bought this farm right here where it sits. As, as stands. As it stands yep. right now, or bought it like I did three years ago and mm-hmm. did the improvements I did, what they're paying to buy into this that's already done for them. Right. It's already been created. It's already been finished. I want to say finish. We're going to continue to improve it. Sure. They're spending a quarter of what they would spend if they did it all themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, that's if they did it all themselves. That's if they put the two or 3,000 hours and did right. it all themselves. If they had the knowledge to do it and mm-hmm. or the equipment, the experience, and the time. Now, with the advice of, of people like, like you and Adam, of course, that is... Now, if you include the time that mm-hmm. I've put into it, it's probably more like 20% of what it yeah. would cost you, which yeah. is exactly, roughly what it costs to yeah. buy a membership. So you're really getting mm-hmm. the same thing as you would if you did it all on your own, but at a fraction of the cost. Yep. That's the first advantage. It's much less expensive yep. to get a high quality. You're, you're paying the price you would pay for a very low quality farm to get a world-class farm. Yes. Already done for you. Done. That's the first advantage. Here's the second advantage. The monthly cost it is to you. Mm-hmm. As I just told you, just in food plots, just doing the food plots alone, we're talking twelve to thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars Just the food plots. It's not the roads. That's not gravel for the roads. That's not feeding the fish. That's not mainta- maintaining mm-hmm. the pond. We have eight redneck blinds on this farm already yeah. purchased. Stands in we place. We have over 20 stands in place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so forth and so on and so forth and so on. We went out there today and spent, I think, eight, no, ten, what, ten hours yeah, doing like habitat improvement. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, again, this is this is done for the person. So, yep. the monthly cost to run this farm, that member owner is going to pay one-fifth of that cost. Yep. Versus all of that cost. Mm-hmm. But remember, Matt. They get the full benefit of the whole farm. Yep, yep. They get to hunt the whole farm. They get to fish the lake. They get to ride horses. Yeah, they don't have a twenty percent of the shoreline That's on the right. lake to fish. That's you right. Know, they got the whole thing. The whole thing. <laughs> they yeah. can sleigh ride on this farm. They can right. camp on this farm. They can, you know, they can build bonfires. Mm-hmm. They can just come here and enjoy it. Now that's the theme. Yep. I want to stress that. Yep. Our motto is, and our, our kind of our catchphrase is, you know, mm-hmm. everybody has a catchphrase. Oh, yeah. You know, you're the love of the land. Yep. You know, land life is for the love of the land. Ours is just show up and enjoy. 
I like it. Yeah. We we believe. I believe you believe, and mm-hmm. and and we believe at at Trophy Farms, which is kind of mm-hmm. our brand, our brand, that everything about this is just show up and enjoy it. We right. want that person that that let, let's just use an example of a person, mm-hmm. okay? We want that business owner sitting in Columbus, Ohio, or Charleston, yep. West Virginia, or Louisville, Kentucky, or Charlotte, North Carolina, who is working hard to support his family, who mm-hmm. is loves the outdoors, loves family and the, and hunting and fishing and all that, has done well for themselves, mm-hmm. has the money to go buy a piece of property, yep. but j- really does not have the time to manage it, yep. doesn't have the time to do all the things we're talking about, and really doesn't have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could hire a land and legacy, but that there's only one small piece. Yeah. Somebody still has to do all the work. Right. They're still implementing the yes, plan. Yes, they got to implement right. the plan. And that's the part that people fail on in many, right. many cases. So he in Columbus, Ohio, or Charlotte, North Carolina, can pay a fraction of the cost, mm-hmm. a fraction of the monthly bill, mm-hmm. do zero work, yep. not hang a tree stand, not do anything with the habitat, not run a tractor, show up with their fishing pole mm-hmm. or their crossbow mm-hmm. or their shotgun or we're actually going to have stables here yep. they can bring their horses and they can stay here live here they can drive in on the friday night yep be in a be, be in a tree stand friday or excuse me they can afternoon work friday they can have a campfire friday night saturday morning they're in a tree stand Yep. Saturday afternoon, they're fishing with their kids mm-hmm. or riding horses with their wife. Yep. Sunday morning, they're in another tree stand or whatever it is they want to do. Sure. If it's turkey season, if it's mm-hmm. maybe it's not even hunting season. Maybe they're just, just out enjoying. Just, they're just riding their horses, yep. walking, camping, doing whatever they want to do on the farm or enjoying their house, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Yep. And guess what? They leave Sunday. They take their trash and they sit it out. We go get their trash, mm-hmm. put a trash bin. They don't mow their grass. Yep. They do nothing. Just show up and they enjoy. just show up and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And so for a fraction of the cost, zero time involved other than your recreation, mm-hmm. that's all they do. Yep. And that is the 100% benefit of what shared equity ownerships brings to the individual. Mm-hmm. It solves that person's problem, which is, how can I recreate? How can I enjoy what I love? Yep. Enjoy the love of the land mm-hmm. and just show up and enjoy. Yeah. That's why I love it. That's why it's like there's, you know, lightning bulbs, lightning bulbs, light bulbs going off in people's head. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. that, that I can, I can, I can see this, this, you know, platform, this format uh, of, ability to own land and share you share resources for the common goal but you're not giving up any any property correct that's you, right you have access right. to it all that's right you have the same benefit as if you owned it yourself mm-hmm. but there's no way you can do all this by yourself and, and yeah. let's talk about that now let me i mentioned i, I said i would mention a house mm-hmm Another thing you get is you get your own house site that yep. you own and only you own it. Right. Deeded. That is your deed. Yep. It's deeded as part of the overall deed. You get a, yes. you get a, basically it's called a lot for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. You get a lot to build a house mm-hmm. and 
that's part of the master deed of ownership in the property. Yep. And you can sell it. Mm-hmm. This is not, I mean, this is no different than. You're not locked in for life. You're not locked in for life. Yeah. You can sell your member ownership and your house. Yep. You can. Now, we're not building the houses at this moment. Yep. That's, other, that's a personal choice. Sure. We don't want to make that for people, but we're giving them the lot to build their house. Absolutely. Now, now I will, I, you know, we would, if, if they want to hire us to build their house, that's perfectly fine. Sure. But we're not building the houses pre-built yeah. because yeah. we think that's a personal decision. I don't Absolutely. want, if I'm going to pay the kind of money, because remember, if you go out and buy a farm, mm-hmm. most of the time you're buying either a farm with a really old farmhouse that you're probably going to tear down or, or whatever, or it doesn't have one on it to start with. Yep. And if it does have a, a really nice house, you're paying a lot more for it. So we think people want to spend their money on what they want to build. Yeah, and, and what their family, yes. you know, what their needs That's are. Right. They may only need a three-bedroom, yeah. beautiful log home. Right. Or like we have here, it's a 5,000, 5,500, 6,000-square-foot log yeah. home. So it, yeah. it's personal choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let me... Matt, let me mention one thing that, that, you know, I'm talking about the how great it is for the individual. Yeah. But here's another side of this. I think it's better for the habitat and better for the animal. Let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. I can tell you as much as, and you know how much I'm putting this both in, both in time and money into this farm. There is no possible way that I personally can do all this myself right. and do it right. Mm-hmm. we're doing a great job, but there's always more to be done. And so when you have the shared equity ownership, we will have the resources available to have a full-time employee on staff here, Yep. at least for most of the season. There are certain right. times of season you don't, you don't need a full-time employee all winter long, yep. but you certainly do during certain seasons and sure. certain growing seasons and so forth. So we will be able to do it. Let's say that there's 100% of things that any property can do to be its maximum potential. Mm -hmm. Probably if people own land by themselves, they may do 20, 30%, at best 50. Yeah. There's always something else to do. Definitely. Because you have a limited resources, either time, money, or knowledge Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. Well, when you share the pie, like we're talking about, we will certainly have the financial resources to mm-hmm. do all the stuff we need to do on this farm. Let's talk about time. Because we'll have the resources to have at least full-time employees part of the year. And we're even talking about working through some internships at the yeah. local colleges with Land and Legacy mm-hmm. as, as kind of the, the managing supervisor of that. That we'll have even other resources. So we will have the personnel available to run the equipment, to plant the food plots, to do the TSI, to do the burning, to do all the things we knew habitat-wise. Right. And then, so, so we believe strongly that this property will meet its maximum potential. Right. That we won't be always thinking, well, I wish I had the time or the money to do this. Mm-hmm. I wish I had the time or the money to do that. We will be able to do all that. Yeah, yeah. We will be able to, this property... Whatever its maximum potential is, whatever its quote unquote genetic potential yeah, is, right, right. <laughs> yep. we will be able to do it uh-huh. because we have the time and the resources, which as much as I'm trying, there's no way I can do all this myself. Sure. Yep. And, and very few people do. And yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. And let me mention one other thing. You, you've been around this a long time. Mm-hmm. 
we've seen all we've seen it happen many many times a person that's been successful have some money and and all of a sudden they go out and buy this piece of property four or five years later it's getting frustrating Mm -hmm. because they didn't realize how much equipment costs they didn't they didn't or they didn't have the time to do it or or they just isn't they got busy with life and the property didn't reach its full reach its full potential they really never got to enjoy it the way it is because it because it took too much work we've seen it many many times now i'm not saying it has to be that way there's many many people out there that have phenomenal properties that are individual owners yep and and that will never change certainly but there's also people that do it the other way there's an alternative yes and and this meets those people's needs. A hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yep. And and I think it's the better way to own land. I, and I think I see it as a future way to own land. That you know, as we're discussing it here, the opportunities. Um, I see more people becoming interested in this and looking for these opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, from from the standpoint of, again, it, it's a time and in, in, in monetary resource that that's limiting. So why not be able to share all that together, find those like-minded people, mm-hmm. and and kill it on a property? Absolutely. And and know that when you do come here, it's ready. It's, right. it's not that you have to, you know, go turn on the water and, and you know, winterize the house there that's right. and that's all right. this stuff. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't have to do that. Uh, People don't think about that, do they? You know, no. When they buy land, they don't no. think about that. They don't think about when they go to deer hunt. They probably spend three days getting the house ready or mm-hmm. the camp ready or whatever it is they do. Yeah. They don't have to do any of that. Yeah. For example, when you kill that nice 150 class, 160, 130, mm-hmm. whatever it is, and you get it back, there's a cooler down there. Mm-hmm. You can hang it for a week. You can hang yeah. it for dinner. Just little simple things like you that. Kill People it on don't a think s- of it. A Sunday evening, hang it and come back the next weekend. Yeah. And or, or you know, there's other possibilities. Like. And you think that's just a simple thing, but you don't think about that when you go buy a piece of property. No. You go out there and it's 70 or 60 degrees out, which it can be that in September. Sure. I mean, no it, in October you can have 70 degrees deer here. Easy. Days here. You go out and you kill this deer. Great. I'm excited. Whatever. Okay. You. You now have it. What do you do? Oh, yeah. You've yeah. got to butcher that thing and get that thing in a freezer right mm-hmm. then, right there, or take it yeah. to somewhere. You don't have to do that here. Yeah. You don't, And you don't have to buy the equipment to hang it and skin. Mm-hmm. We have all that. Yeah. So those are these little things that people just don't think about or have the resources at times or what have you because they show up and they got to work just to get a hunt in. Yep. And I... I Again, I think it's the better way to own land. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's the future way, and it just solves the problem for the busy people and the people that lack the knowledge and or the time to do it mm-hmm. themselves. Right. Because remember, you have to have both. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to have all three. You have to have the money. Yep. You have to have the time. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the knowledge. Because, again, I can hire Land and Legacy, which right. I 100% recommend. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but... You you can't be here every day. No. You can't be here every month. Right. So there has to be a, a, a certain amount of knowledge that the mm-hmm. person has to take what you're telling them to do 
and do it right. To to apply it in the right yes, way. To apply it in the right way. That's a better that's yeah. a better choice of words than what I use. Yes. Yeah. It, it's a owning land is a very big responsibility. In 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 my opinion, yes. from from a conservation minded yes. person, I, I think you have a, a very big responsibility you owe it to the land you owe it to yes, the people do. who mm-hmm. who you don't know who are going to own right. it but you know after you it's an awesome thing right. but a very big it's it's it can be the elephant in the room or it yeah. can be the best thing that ever happened right right it, it just and let me mention something else here mm-hmm. here's something that that you and i were talking about the other day when we yeah. mentioned this to someone else i believe this way of owning land brings in people that never were even looking that's a great point yes. absolutely and absolutely. let me tell you why because let me use successful business people mm-hmm. for a minute successful business people got successful because they didn't make foolish decisions yeah they know what their core competencies are and a yeah. successful business person that has no time knows that they don't have the time to own land they'd love to they've always wanted to but the reason they're successful is because they don't make foolish decisions. So they're not going right. to just go out and spend, you know, X amount of dollars on a piece of land that they have no time and knowledge to even know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I believe the people that this is going to, I think it could benefit anyone that has the resources and, the, and that wants to be a part of something like this. But I believe the real sportsman or sportswoman that's going to benefit from this is the person that isn't even looking for land right now. Yeah. And they're not looking because they know they can't do it themselves. They don't have the time, the knowledge, and so mm-hmm. forth. It's it's not an opportunity on their plate. It's the not time. on their plate right now. But if they knew this was available right. and this way of doing it was available, they would become interested. It's feasible at that it's point. It's feasible at that point because it meets their time requirement. Mm-hmm. It meets their money requirement. And it meets their knowledge requirement. Yep. And they're used to doing this. Matt, how many people belong to country clubs and they just show up and play golf and go home mm-hmm. how many people belong to tennis clubs they show up and play tennis and go home yep. how many people belong to pools yep. they don't go out and now i have a, a pool gym. and i love a it. gym a gym yeah. yeah they don't you know there's plenty of people have gyms in their own sure. basements and whatever but most people they go to a gym they enjoy the gym and they go home they don't clean the equipment no no and people don't realize that. And, and that, you know, at, at home, they could pay for, you know, five pieces of exercise equipment. Yep. But at the gym, they pay a membership. That's and right. And they have access to a hundred different That's pieces. That's right. They have the showers and the yeah. lockers and all this equipment, and they don't have to clean it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bring that, that up it's an as a funny thing, yeah. but people don't get it. They don't it. have to, you know, if there was a lot of maintenance on That's those pieces of equipment, they don't have to do that. That's taken care That's right. of. You and Adam know this. Tractors break <laughs> down. <laughs> if, and they break all the time. If, if there's an anything with an engine, That's at right. some point it's gonna it's gonna need parts. It's gonna yes. need you know, someone to with the knowledge again yep. to to diagnose the problem. That's right. You know, all of it. Take it apart, put it back together. And and I'm not a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic, but oh. I, people People have their roles, just like you were talking about yep. their competencies. That's right. I'm not a mechanic. Yep. I'm going to take my truck to a mechanic That's shop right. to right. get it worked on when it's broken down. That's right. That's right. Do you know 
uh, last year alone, four tractor tires busted Ooh. from antlers. Really? Okay, four. All right, that's just tires yeah. being busted by antlers. Yeah. Four of them. Two brush hogs burned up gears. Oh, wow. One uh, auger sheared mm-hmm. pin. And I can go on and on. Oh, yeah. Okay. That, that's, that right there is the stuff that when you use equipment, it's going to break. It's going to happen. It, that's proper use of the equipment, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not abuse. No, it's not abuse. The One of the... Anytime you own, own a farm, if you're doing any work whatsoever, when I was doing some brush hogging, I ran into an old fence line. Ran into an old fence line that was mm-hmm. covered up by vegetation. I never yeah. saw it. Yeah. There's no wrapped it up, burnt. Yeah. Oh yeah. So when people buy land, <laughs> they see this beautiful piece of property, yeah. but they don't think about that's going to happen to them. It's the going front, the to happen. The cost <laughs> of that piece of equipment and then the maintenance. That's right. That takes. Right. To, to maintain that. So if you think it through condition. for a moment, if you own the land by yourself. Now, again, I'm not discouraging people from owning land. Definitely not. That is a wonderful thing. And if you and if you have the time, knowledge, expertise, and money to buy your own land, hey, Fantastic. go do it. And I encourage you yep. because it, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm not discouraging that at all. But like you said, at all. This, is, this is an opportunity for the people who, who are aware of what it does take mm-hmm. or or are scared to to take that step into yes. it yes that's what this opportunity is for it yes. it just gives you multiple choices to make if that's you right. want to own land and be a part of land right. in a highly managed property this is a way to do it where it's it's done that's you right. just buy into it and it, you happen to buy into it at a fraction of the cost yeah. and we've talked you know I've talked about things breaking and expenses yeah. going out of this and that. let's talk about a couple of good things real quick yeah and I, I know I don't know how much time we have but you know you tell me when we've yeah. done enough let me give you just an example of some of the really good mm-hmm. okay this is what a shared ownership property affords you right now I'm going to talk about this one because this is the one I know really well sure but this could apply to other properties out mm-hmm. there in this same I know that there's a few out there like this around the country. Not yeah. exactly like right. this, but because I think we're the best, similar. of course. Absolutely. But they're similar. <laughs> um, but let me give you an example. Let's talk about this pond for a sec, because we've been talking about tractors and yeah. deer and whatever. Let's talk about the pond. You you can go out there, and you can buy a land with a pond on it, but you're not getting a pond like this. Yeah. Let me explain what I'm talking about. And you've seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. Every this pond was laid out. Every single part of this pond was laid out with every piece of structure, every piece of concrete, every p- bit of piece of PVC pipe, every ridge, every hole, every hump was put in every spot for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Bass, in particular, and and all f- most fish are like deer. They're cover animals. Yep. They like to stay close to cover. They travel distinct routes. They have certain habitat types and so forth. And so what I learned over the past 20 years of studying this before I built my pond was that you can actually lay out a pond in such a way that you can determine where the fish are and when you catch them and where you catch them. Mm-hmm. And every season, like wild animals, yep. every season bass in particular, do different things. Utilize different portions they use of the pond. Different portions. Yep. You know, you hear the old saying that 90% of the bass are in 10% of the lake. 
And that's very, very true. Mm-hmm. But that 10% changes from season to season, even day to day. Mm-hmm. Just like a deer. Yep. A deer may bed on the north side if it's warm. Yep. But if it's cold, they want to bed on the south side so they get the sun's rays. Yep. Okay. Same way with a bass. Sure. If it's, you know, wintertime, they're going to be deep and hovering close to cover, but they're going to mm-hmm. stay deep where the water's warmer. If it's in the middle of the summer and it's hot, they're going to be right near the thermocline. Yeah. And so they're around cover. So there's all these different, and in the spring, they're going to be shallow and right. so forth and so on. Well, why do I say that? This pond was created in such a way that we built it so that not only would you can walk around the entire four-acre lake mm-hmm. and every single place you walk, there's a place for, that you can cast and catch a fish in all seasons. Hmm. All seasons. Yeah. Because we put deep structure, shallow structure, heavy, dense structure, right. light structure all around every piece of the lake. We also built it so that if you were in a bass boat, mm-hmm. same thing. You could go anywhere in the lake during any season and you could catch fish. Yeah. That's that part of it. Let me talk about something else. Let's talk about the stocking. We're in Ohio. The mm-hmm. state, re- state record bass in Ohio is 13 pounds. Point. It's actually 13.13. They don't do ounces. They do point. Okay. It's 13.13 yep. pounds. And that's the state record, which is a, a huge bass for Ohio. Now, in Texas yeah. or Florida, that's not a huge bass. Mm-hmm. But up here, that is a huge bass because the northern strain of bass don't grow as large as the Florida strain. Right. There's Florida and there's northerns. Yep. Basically, the south is made up of mostly Florida strain bass mm-hmm. above the Mason-Dixon line. Though they don't live here, right? They won't live. They they winter kill. The northern bass are more aggressive. The Florida bass are known to be very lethargic. They don't mm-hmm. hit bait as well. So a place in Alabama called American Sport Fish, um, they created a hybrid called an F1 Tiger Bass, which is a cross between a very aggressive northern and a very large Florida. Mm-hmm. And over many many years, they've been they've been through genetic you know, yeah. doing what they do, they've created a strain of bass called a tiger bass, and it's world-renowned, and it's mm-hmm. famous. Yep. Okay. They are they are more aggressive than Florida's, but they grow larger than northern's. Wow. They live in the north. They can live up north. So, um, so this strain can come up north, and they grow larger than northern's, but they're more aggressive than Florida's. So they're that best of both worlds up sure. here. We were the only... We are the only lake ever, ever in the state of Ohio to get a permit mm. to import these F1 tiger bass. Yeah. So we are the only lake you can get these in, period. Yeah. It's, it's, it, we're the only ones that have ever got the permit. We had right. to go through a process to get them, and we, no one's ever done it. So by nature, genetically, genetically, we have superior bass than the state record bass in Ohio. Yeah. Because we know that was not a Florida because it can't live in Ohio. Sure. So unless someone brought it from Florida and put it here in the summer, which we don't know that that happened and someone yeah. caught it, that bass was a northern bass. We genetically have superior genes than that. Right. The Let capabilities, me, the are, capabilities are there. Yeah. yeah. We fed 2,000 pounds of bass food last year, mm-hmm. last summer. That converts two to one, meaning that for that 2,000 pounds, it, it put a thousand pounds of bass on our, mm-hmm. on our thousand pounds on our bass. Let me give an example. We stocked 
these northern bass last June. Okay. It's now December. Yep. So it's basically one year and six months since we stocked them. We stocked some fingerlings, and we stocked a few uh, more adult bass. The largest bass we stocked in this pond, the largest was two pounds. Right. We stocked a lot of half to three-quarter pounders as well. I caught a five, and I have it. I show the scale. I have a mm-hmm. picture of it. I caught a five-and-a-quarter-pound bass three months ago. Wow. Or two months. You know, three months ago. So in one year. That's a lot of weight. And three months. Even if that was the two-pound bass, and it was, I doubt it was that two-pounder because we only had one of those. Yeah. If it was, though, that bass went from two pounds to five and one-quarter in one year and three months. Mm-hmm. It more than doubled in size. Yeah. That's the power of those F1 Tiger bass and feed the feeding program. Right. On. So what I'm saying is this, and I know I'm going a long-winded answer about this, but that's what shared equity ownership gives you. Yeah. You simply can't buy a lake like this. You yeah. simply can't go create one yourself unless you've spent 17, 20 years studying <laughs> this yeah. and hiring the best biologists in the country to help right. you with it. That's what, and then we have the, because we're collectively, the five memberships are funding this property, which is a lot cheaper than if you're doing it yourself. By we far. can continue to feed. I, we have seven feeders going around this lake. Yeah. And, and the habitat and so forth. Stocking alone, and I'll shut up about mm-hmm. this lake after this it's the only figure i'm going to throw out there yeah twenty four thousand dollars just to stock this lake right right so it's a special place exactly and 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 that's a great way to end it it's a special place in the the property itself it's called the hogan yes and the hogan is a special place and offers so much more than just the unique bass pond Yes. Like I said that there's different ways to recreate on the on the property and it's all the buy-in and then the the monthly or the maintenance throughout the entire year is all at a fraction of the cost. That's right. And I know you said we need it there but let me just yep. summarize, okay? Again, we're talking about shared ownership as a concept. Yep. But we're talking about shared ownership this in this particular property, sure. okay? We're going to have, of course, the best, in my opinion, with your help, mm-hmm. we're going to have probably the best deer hunting anywhere within a several hundred mile radius. Yep. Okay. Number two, we're, without a doubt, the best bass fishing. There's no mm-hmm. question there. Okay. Number three, we're going to have horseback riding. Mm-hmm. Our, in phase three, which is once we sell the ownerships, we're going to build a pool. Because yep. we know that sometimes families don't want to hunt. Some sure. Some people, members don't. A great way to enjoy and bring the family during my the wife, summertime. My yeah, wife hates hunting. Right. Doesn't like it at all. Wishes I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But she loves to sit by the pool. Yep. We're going to build a pool. We're going to have a small little workout room mm-hmm. off the pool. Um, we're going to have a skeet shooting range. Yep. Uh, we're going to have, you know, things like places to shoot archery. Um, you can ride side-by-sides, limited use of side-by-sides. Because we don't want to hurt our hunting. Everything sure. revolves around the hunting and the yeah. fishing. So. So there's many other things that we want people, we literally want people to show up and enjoy yeah. all seasons. If it's, if you know the big snowstorm's coming, you know, get in your car, come over here, sit by the campfire, inner tube down a hill. Yeah. Go, I, we were ice skating on our lake last year. That's we had cool. 10 inches of ice. Oh, wow. We were yeah. ice skating. That's cool. If it's, if it's summertime, come and lay by the pool, mm-hmm. ride your horses, just sit and enjoy. 
and there's more campfires. Just throw a line in the water. I can't keep saying it. Just yeah. show up and enjoy. That's it. That's it. Well, if you're interested in it mm-hmm. and interested in the concept, whatever it is, let us know because again, it, it just it's truly unique. Um, but it's info at landlacy.tv. We'd be happy to talk with you about it. Um, and there's going to be more information yes. about this yeah. property coming up um, as Adam and I are working on it with you and, and getting it out there. So you know, this is just, you know, really a preview, a snapshot mm-hmm. of some of the, some of the details and um, more of the, the structures to come. But let's talk just at least yeah. simply about timeline, just sure. just not Absolutely. not specifically. But in the spring, sometime in the spring, probably in the April, May time frame, we're going to open it up for showings on a couple yep. weekends and we're you know it's going to be sort of a field day open house kind of situation where we bring exactly. all the potential buyers in and then we're hoping to to have this wrapped up and finalized and everybody starting to build their house or whatever they want to mm-hmm. do on their mm-hmm. their property by midsummer yeah so they could literally be hunting next fall right you know it, it's late september deer season comes yep. in and we want we want people mm-hmm. here memberships to be fulfilled and people on the property enjoying it do we mention september 15th is that something to mention here we can sure okay sure um to kind of talk about the specialness of the property yeah and i don't need to be bragging about the property but guess yeah. what i'm gonna brag about it yeah, that's hey. fine <laughs> <laughs> that's the place to do that's it. right um because of land and legacy and and not only all the work that they have done but their 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 attachment and their I don't know if what the right word is their their say relationship relationship with yeah. QD Man and so forth, which, which is the the Quality Deer Management Association. Yes. They're going to hold their stewardship two course, and you can go into mm-hmm. as much or little detail about that as you want on this property in September. And we're yep. the only property, as far as I know, we're the only property this year that they're going to show that they're going to have this stewardship two course anywhere in the country. Yes. is that correct? That's that's definitely correct. This okay. is the only public course that QDMA is offering for 2019. So, you know, again, it, it's being held here on this property for the diversity within the property, the work that's been done, the habitat, um, the ability to showcase features of the property and educate other people. You know, you have knowledge. We have been able to um, share some of that, but you dive in, you are a sponge yourself and it's it's representative in the habitat and the landscape and what you're doing on a day-to-day basis out here. So this is a way for, you know, the relationship that we have and Land Legacy and Todd and Land Legacy and QDMA to showcase this and right. make it public mm-hmm. to people. So if you are interested in those classes, let us know too. We can get you, you know, signed up. Um, and get you some more information. You do have to go through the QDMA Steward 1 course prior to doing, basically graduating and coming into the Steward 2. But this is going to be a three-day event where we're out here uh, and there's forced accreditation, everything um, that goes into this course. It's very, very well done. It's the only public course offered um, through QDMA. And they don't do it just on any property. No, no. They've done these on some pretty famous people's property, yeah. right? Yeah, very, very nicely done properties. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's an honor. I guess yeah. what I'm saying is it's an right. honor to be one of the one of those few. Absolutely. And, and of course, I owe that 
a lot to you guys because well, it never would have happened without you know, we thank by you myself for, for the opportunity to allow us to to host it here with you and and you know on you know for qdma and and members um and non-members too it's open for non-members but um no it's just a great collaboration in my opinion of of different entities that all have the same respect and love for the land um respect and love for white-tailed deer and habitat do you mind if i give a a website. I know we're going to be creating a different website, right. but do you mind if we give a website no. and a phone number? Is that no, okay? That's fine. Um, if again, if anyone's interested in the shares ownership concept and 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 our farm in particular, the first contact would be Adam and and mm -hmm. Matt at Land and Legacy. That would yep. be your first line of contact. But you can also visit. We have a current website. Now we're going to be doing another website, but but we do have one right now. And it's trophyfarms.net, T-R-O-P-H-Y-F-A-R-M-S.net, trophyfarms.net. Yep. Very simple. And then you're welcome to call me, 304-421-0053. Be happy to talk about the property. Again, my name's Todd Watts. But I would encourage you first to call, you know, Matt and Adam uh, or me. That, that's fine. Yeah. But you can visit the website. It tells everything about the property, the whole process. So... Hope you guys enjoyed learning about shared equity equity ownership and the the passion that Todd you have for this property, the direction it's heading, um, and the ability to share it truthfully share it with other families. That's special. Thank you. It, it's 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 taking like we talked about this earlier, private ground and kind of ish making it public. That's right. Your what would be a property that one family would enjoy is now a property that multiple families yes, can collectively right. enjoy right it's getting more people right. on on private ground right you have the privacy of your own place yep but you're allowing five families in this particular case to enjoy property that only one family is right now exactly so appreciate it hope you guys are uh, intrigued by this i'd like to hear your thoughts too um so comment on social media let us know what you think and um we'll have some more uh, property interviews with some land agents coming up so so hang around but todd thank you very much for coming on thanks for having me absolutely all right guys so next up on the for love of land podcast we're back to uh able to get through some of the holidays and some of the busy times of consulting for matt and i and so we we're actually back interviewing some agents and we've got one from uh, kind of a f long story how we met, but uh, we kind of stayed in touch, and it's Mr. Adam Hayden uh, with Whitetail Properties. Adam, are you there? I'm here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? I'm doing good. How is the world of real estate where you're at? I'll tell you what, man. You can tell it's uh, almost springtime because it's really picked up. Uh, you know, just this week alone, picked up five listings, closed a couple, so uh, things are hopping along pretty good. So, Adam, tell me, tell listeners what area you're at in Ohio. So, I cover the southwest portion of the state. Um, kind of give you an idea. I would say, you know, uh, it would be east of Cincinnati over toward the Manchester area. And okay. up through, like, uh, Peebles, Piketon, up to Chillicothe. And what's, then, uh, what's the name of some of those counties? So, it's Claremont, Brown, Adams, uh, Pike, Highland, Ross. Uh, those are... Those are the main counties I cover. There are, uh, you know, uh, a few more in there, but uh, right now that's what I've been focusing on. 
Okay. Um, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good area. Uh, what yeah. what's the landscape for you? What what are you seeing? I, I know you've got big deer over in the area, but what are a lot of your listings made up of? You know, it's all over the uh, all over the place. You know, I've got stuff that's perfectly flat, uh, farm ground, timber ground, and then uh, you know you get over toward, you know, you get closer toward the river. You start getting into some more terrain. But, um, you know, it's a pretty unique area right there. It just has a little bit of everything from uh, cattle, uh, cattle farms, tillable ground, recreational ground, timber properties. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool area to cover. It's fun and uh, something new every day as far as uh, just terrain and property type. Mm. Yeah, I love, I love the diversity of landscape over mm-hmm. there. Uh, what, before we highlight the property you've got, you've got for us today, um, let's Give us an idea what uh, some of the land values are in your area. What are you seeing uh, recreational ground going for on average? You know, I would say on average you're looking anywhere from, you know, gosh, depending on what county where it's at. I mean, it's a broad range, actually. But you're talking anywhere from 18 to 22, 23 an acre. Okay. Um, on average and the majority. What you know, about Some of it goes more, some of it goes less. Yep, absolutely. You know, what, what about uh, cattle ground? Well, um, as far as cattle ground, I would say just a pretty good average on that's anywhere from 24 to 26. Okay. Um, you know, I just listed the pretty good one in uh, Adams County, Ohio, 92 acres. Um, so be watching out for that one. Uh, should go live on our website probably next week. But, uh, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's been family owned for many years, uh, well kept, and uh, not to mention it's got some big deer sign on it too. Mm, mm-mm-mm. And I know crop ground probably varies, but you're looking, what do you see in some of the average? <laughs> and average is almost like a broad statement because it's, I know it goes all over the place with crop ground, but what yeah, are you it's, seeing it's, some of your stuff for out there? You know, it's crazy just the the, the, the average or the, the, the range that it's selling for. I mean, uh, you know, and, and, and two, sometimes it's hard to find a property that is just tillable in certain areas of my territory. You know, a lot of it's mixed. You know, a lot of it's mixed timber, mixed tillable, mixed pasture. But um, I would say just on a tillable, and again, it's a broad range, but just depending on where you're at, gosh, man, you're talking anywhere from 25 to six, seven, eight grand an acre, Hmm. potentially. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's uh, all very interesting. But what property do you have for us today? Well, you know what? The property that. you know, you and I have spoken about a few times, actually, is a property in Ross County, Ohio. Um, it's 110 acres. It's a very diverse tract. Offers uh, food plots, potentially some tillable. You know, even if a guy wanted to run a few head of cattle on it, it would be great, great for that as well. But it is uh, it is heavily timbered. And uh, the gentleman that owns it, he's a deer hunter. And uh, he's, he's designed this property to grow big deer. Um, but it also has an absolute beautiful home over 5,500 square feet custom built um you know it's 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 stone it is secluded um but the cool thing about this property as well is you know it's just a few miles south of Chillicothe right off uh good access to US 23 off at the board road but at the end of the day I mean man you get back on this property you can hardly hear anything but you're just minutes from town Mm. I'm looking at the pictures, and it's a very beautiful stone house. It is, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's priced right now, too. You know, we've uh, 
got a heck of a deal on this property right now uh, around 629,000 I believe is where we're at and it is priced well below appraised value mm. wow hopefully a listener out there really uh, piques his interest in Ohio we have a lot of people that listen from Ohio so maybe you'll find somebody I see it looks like you've got cedar beams in this place or cedar posts yeah, he uh, the seller uh, took cedar posts from the property and put in this house and uh, all of the handrails. Um, there's there, there's all kinds of custom work in here. I mean, he he's he's taken ash off of the property and made custom handrails. Mm. Uh, just put a beautiful touch to the property, and you know, there's so much to this thing that uh, I mean, it would take 20 minutes to tell you about it, maybe even longer than that. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's there'll uh, be a link in the show notes. They can check out a lot of this stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah, I see the handrails and the ash. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that looks very cool. What what is your favorite part about this property? You know, something. I mean, I the, my favorite part of it is the seclusion of it all. Obviously, mm-hmm. the gorgeous home, but there's a huge pond on it that's stocked. I would probably call it a lake, um, and then two smaller ponds as well. But the cool thing about this property is, um, you know, they've had it for several years. They've only taken two deer off this property. Oh, wow. Um, the majority of the landowners around him don't hunt. And hmm. the only the, the two deer that they've taken off this property are five-year-old deer. Oh, wow. So he has he has managed this to grow big deer, and there is huge potential there. I mean, the prop, the, the deer that they've taken, you know, they're, they're going to average, I would say, upper 50s, low 60s. Hmm. Um, so they're not taking anything small. Yep. Uh, they take several deer, uh, does off of it anyway. But, um, you know, as far as mature deer, they're, they're not touching it. So this is... This property would be amazing for just a, a growing family, uh, somebody that loves the outdoors, obviously, uh, but could also be some income producing there as, in, in the sense of, um, you know, let's just say you got a guy that uh, wants to start a small lodge or something. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of potential for that here, too, because, you know, it's 110 acres, but it hunts so much bigger than 110 acres uh, it's hard to explain until you put your eyes on it yeah but uh, you know the terrain the way the terrain lays and what he has done to this property you know i mean there's there, there's unlimited stand locations on this place mm. and, uh, entrance for you know prevailing winds in the fall so it is just laid out perfect for an outdoor looks like you enter in from the east is that correct but the house kind of sits south central correct yeah yep. And he's got a nice maintained trail system throughout this property. I mean, you can get anywhere from anywhere on this property with a per, with, with any wind direction. Very cool. That's yeah. that's a wonderful thing to have, especially, I mean, 110 acres. So let's maximize that for hunting aspect. And if you can move around um, and hunt on multiple wind and access trails on multiple winds, it's going to lay a lot like a lot bigger property and it sounds like it already lays that way in general so yeah sounds like a wonderful wonderful piece how many acres how many acres do you think uh could possibly be tillable um i'm gonna say and and i'll be conservative in this um i'm gonna say minimum 25 okay yeah um 20 25 yeah I, i would say conservatively let's just call it 25 acres gotcha okay and what was the square footage on this house? 5,500, it looks like. It's over 55. So he's got a approximately 1,800 square feet in a basement with poured concrete walls. Um, wow. That is unfinished. Oh, man. 
Yeah, so you, you, you know, you, you, you enter the, you go down the steps with the custom handrails, and then you enter into this, like, uh, be an awesome little man cave. Um, and then off to both sides of this r- big room are two unfinished rooms that, uh, you know, there's a, there's a half bath down there as well, and um, that you could just make whatever you wanted to, but they're, they're unfinished and ready mm. for uh, whoever buys this. Geothermal this heating, too, I see. It is four zone geothermal, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like um, a heck of a house in a thirty by forty detached three and a half car garage. That's right. And you know, the, the utilities, the electric bill on this property I believe only uh has averaged uh under two hundred and fifty dollars a month at fifty five hundred square feet. So Jeez. you know, he, he has he has really designed this house to uh optimize every little thing about it. Um even down to just, you know, uh, like that geothermal heating and cooling system. I mean, he's got little <clears throat> things that just really optimize how that thing uh, works. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, who do you think, I mean, we always ask the question, who do you think the buyer is? But, man, it sounds like you could be almost anybody here uh, for the buyer, just somebody looking for a, a, a home in the woods or somebody who's looking for a hunting paradise with a home. Um, that's just it. I mean, you know, this, this, this could, this property would be great for anybody. Um, you know, if you want seclusion, you've got it. If you want something that's not too far from town, you got it. If you want them both, it's there as well. Cause honestly, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you turn off the, the, uh, US 23 there, you go on board road and you know, it's not a bad drive at all to chill a coffee, but man, you can hardly hear anything up there. And, it, and not to mention it's, uh, just a very short drive, just gosh, I would say less than a mile or a mile and a half over to Scioto Trail State Park to, you know, that has, has, has thousands of acres of additional recreation opportunity right there. So, wow, pretty unique area. Yeah. How can, uh, how can somebody get a hold of you if they want more information? Well, they can reach me on my cell phone, uh, which is my main line as well. But, uh, you know, that number is 513 or they can go over to whitetailproperties.com, navigate to Ohio, and click on Ross, and uh, you'll see this property right there. There you have it. What about an email? Uh, it's adam.hayden at whitetailproperties.com, and properties is plural in that. Gotcha. Well, there you have it, folks. If, you, uh, if you're interested looking for property in Ross County, Ohio, anywhere in Ohio, Adam might be your guy, so give him a shout, and... Uh, let them know what you're looking for. Adam, appreciate you coming on and telling us about this awesome property in Ross County. Adam, I appreciate you and uh, enjoying my time here, man. And uh, if I can do anything for you, let me know. Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Yeah, bye. Bye-bye.